Hi, folks, and welcome to the very first episode of Simply Syndicated's newest show, the Stargate podcast we are calling The Seventh Chevron. Uh, this is going to be an unusual show for the network, as uh, usually we try to avoid doing show-by-show reviews, but that's what this show is going to be. And uh, my name is Rick. You may know me from such podcasts as Starbase 66 and a couple others. Uh, But for now, I am going to be your host for this excursion into the world of Stargate. And my co-host and test subject, uh, say hello to Ro. Hi, I'm Ro from, you may know me from the only show, Atavic Trivia War 9000, also on Simply Syndicated. Hello. But you've also been on, uh, on other shows talking about this very film we're going to talk about tonight. And that's correct. I actually listened to it earlier this morning. It was good times. Uh, what we're talking about is uh, Rogue was on... Uh, uh, the greatest, greatest movie, movie ever. Greatest movie ever, yeah. But uh, I have been a fan of Stargate for a very long time, and I got the idea a couple months back that it might be fun to do a Stargate podcast, because it's a show that, you know, it, it, it was, it's been around forever. There were 10 seasons of the original Stargate SG-1. There were five seasons of Stargate Atlantis. There were two seasons of Stargate Universe. Uh, There were several made-for-TV movies. Uh, The the show has been everywhere, and hardly anyone talks about it. And when I went online to look for, to see if there were any Stargate podcasts out there, there's about four that I could find. Oh, wow, that's all? Yeah, and like most of them haven't really recorded anything in a while. Well, that makes sense, because there really hasn't been much to, to do. Yeah, but we've been talking about Star Trek forever, and it, it's been off the air for how long? Um, That's true, but Star Trek, though, you can't... That, that spawns so many different s- series and true. movies, and so, yeah, it's fairly prolific. Yeah. And so I I just put the word out there. I was like, I would really like someone to do his... You know, first I asked if anyone was interested, and I got a lot of, got a lot of positive responses, and then I put out the call for for a co-host because god knows you all don't want me just talking by myself for 45 minutes believe me i've tried it it bored me uh (laughs) so uh and ro you have been saying for a long time that you had you you love the movie but you'd never seen the tv show yeah it's it's like one of those things that just happens you know i mean the movie came out when i was 14 so I was in high school, and I mean, I really, really loved the movie, and like I said on the previous, on uh, Greatest Movie Ever, as well as on ATW9K, that this was like the, the, like the movie, the defining movie, that I realized that I am a geek, I love (laughs) sci-fi, I love fantasy, I love Egyptian mythology, but at the same time, when um, I heard, heard about the TV series, I was excited for it, but at the same time, and when it came out, I was doing other things that took, I decided to do and not get into the TV series. Plus, what turned me off was it wasn't James Spader and Kurt Russell. It was MacGyver. And I, I wasn't as into it. But, like, down the road, I kept hearing things about the show, but I just I never got a chance. So then when you put out the call for it, I'm like, hey, <laughs> this gives me a reason to watch a show. Let's do this. I am interested in being a co-host. So let, let's make it happen. And I'm very excited because I, I was hoping to, to find someone who hadn't seen the show. Uh, so, you know, but I wasn't I wasn't holding out a whole lot of hope that in, in our community that there would be anyone that was into sci-fi that hadn't seen at least some of Stargate. And so yeah, this, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I think this is going to be great. It's, gonna, it's like a, when you put that post out there, I'm like, you're looking for someone who's non-white, non-male, who hasn't seen the show. I'm like, 
were you thinking about me on purpose? <laughs> I'm like, gee, let me see. <laughs> I was like, I feel like he's talking to me. Maybe I should put my name, in, put my hat in the ring. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, sure, let's let's see something new. I'm excited. Well, the the thing, the, the the whole reason for that is that there are a billion podcasts out there that are two white guys sitting there talking about stuff. This is true. And the internet is one place where what you look like is so irrelevant. It's what you, you know, what your experiences are that, uh, you know, my experiences with, with, uh, uh, Starbase 66, where, you know, I, you know, the, our, our cast is so diverse that I, I really didn't want to fall back into just a couple of white guys talking about that. Plus I'm already doing two shows like that. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, you want to make, make a little bit different and just, I think it's also interesting just to see, um, like a different take on, it, especially someone who hasn't seen it and who is, you know, I I would call myself pro feminist, so mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm not going to be like ultra feminist. I just want my my view has changed a lot in the last decade in regards to the whole feminist movement and just realizing that there are some things out there, some tropes that are not as good as they should be. And I was like, oh, I didn't really think about that. But I mean, I'm not going to look at like that, like the entire series like this. I'm just going to keep an open mind. I'm going to be excited like a kid and just in awe because watching this movie over again recently, it just made me so excited because I think one of the best things about this movie was the world building and Obviously, it set the premise for a huge world to be universe to be built, and someone did it, and I get to ha- watch all these episodes to see what happens with the universe that they build. So, very excited. Yeah, and I th- I think you're gonna like it. Uh, yeah, I watched uh I watched the movie, and now tonight, folks, we're we're gonna be talking about the movie, the Stargate movie, uh, 1994. Yes, yes 1994. Uh, Roland Emmerich directed, probably the only thing of his worth watching. In, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, you know, there is a few things here. And also, um, yeah, there's a few other movies that we I don't mind of his, but um, also of note, it's also written by him as well as Dean Devlin. And yeah. Dean Devlin, this seems to be his sort of thing with like writing things like this along with, um, you might remember um, Dean Devlin, he's recently wrote the series, TV series Leverage and also he's doing The Librarian. That's why now. I know his, know his name. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you want to know something cool? If you watch the series Leverage, there's a certain episode, I want to say it's season four, or maybe no, season four, where they're in a vault, and you'll see pieces of the Stargate in oh, wow. the vault. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen a lot of Leverage. I've seen, you know, uh, my wife used to, she loves watching stuff like that. She She's watched all of Leverage. Um, and back before we moved here, where my office is in another room, because I, you know, I, I needed to set it up for podcasting, uh, I used to be in the living room, and so she'd be watching stuff, and I'd be on the computer, and I'd watch it over her shoulder. So I saw a lot of leverage, a lot of supernatural, um, mm-hmm. you know, shows that I, I normally wouldn't watch. They're not really in my wheelhouse. Um, I'm I'm more of the the hard science fiction fan kind of guy. That's that's cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed leverage. I just it just. It got a little samey for me after a while. Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's very it's like it's formulaic. It's like the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. But you know, I liked it because it, it filled in. It was a nice little niche, and it just it was just enjoyable. And it, I think I'm happy that it ended 
after five seasons because like i mean the same thing over and over again i mean eventually people are being like okay i'm done with this yeah now the the dude the the long-haired kind of kind of hunky guy is in the librarian too right yeah that's why i saw so now i'm actually interested because it's also done by dean devlin so (laughs) this show is now on my radar so i will look be looking forward to watching this on whatever media i can consume it on so have you seen any of the librarian yet no oh okay uh that it was an episode i i won't spoil it for you but basically i i clued into the MacGuffin within about 10 minutes okay yeah i'm pretty <laughs> sure there's, and there's a lot of things about those tv shows that you can easily guess it's like when i'm cause like, like especially with like the show castle like i'd be like okay that's the killer right there like within like 10 minutes i'm like there's a killer and yeah. Um, yeah i get it right but eh, it's just something to watch and enjoy just to watch it because of the actors not necessarily the storyline but just to see how the actors portray each other but yeah well the nice thing about stargate is that uh because a a lot of its life was on showtime uh it, it never really seemed to feel the need to pander to the lowest common denominator like a lot of shows do Ah, oh, that's that's interesting. That's good to know. That's it's promising. Yeah, I'm excited. It, it's a it. it I, well, I, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to build up too much so that you, okay. you it can't live up to what I'm saying. But it just. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a reason why they got ten seasons out of the first show and then five more. And I think Atlantis could have gone on much longer if the goddamn idiots. Never mind. We'll we'll talk about that too. <laughs> Stargate <laughs> universe debacle. Um, but anyway, tonight we're going to talk about the movie. That's interesting for the fact that the TV series, it wasn't done by um, Roland Emmerich no. or Dean Devlin. It was actually bought and picked up by like two Canadian guys. Is that correct? I forget. I think so, yeah. There's, there's a lot of Canadian actors in it. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of awesome that, you know, the people who who bought the rights to it, they actually, you know, they did well off of it. Because like, normally when someone buys the rights to a a series or a franchise of some sort and they make um a new product off of it it tends not to do so well yeah from what the originators made so well when i was re-watching when i watched uh, the movie the other night i was kind of surprised at how much of the movie stayed in the show huh Th- there are a few significant changes but i think they make it better you know, like anytime you you take a one-off movie and you turn it into a series, there are going to be some things that you're going to need to to alter so that you can do a continuing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the movie, Ra is kind of Ra is the only one, as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no talk of of this race of beings. It's just Ra is this badass who who possesses humanity, basically, and create all the Stargates, right? Yeah. Um, whereas in the, in the series, in the TV series, we find out that they're a race called the Gua'uld and rather than just being kind of these, these powerful beings, they're, they're a, uh, they're, they're like the Trill from Star Trek. There's a, there's a symbiote inside them. They're like these really kind of scary worm things. Oh God. <laughs> and, uh, and it, and it works. It, it creates this continuity. It creates this whole society of, of the Gua'uld of which Ra was only one. Mm. Um, but each one of them sets themselves up as a god on some primitive world somewhere. But you'll see, you'll see that unfold. That's a that's okay. Um, that sounds that sounds interesting. I I was kind of surprised when I watched the rewatched the movie for the first time how that wasn't in the movie. But it didn't it didn't really. It, you'll see it works really well in the show. So it it doesn't it's not like hey that wasn't in the film. But the only thing I will warn you about in the in the first episode the pilot episode is. Because it was on Showtime, 
Mm-hmm. There's boobs in the first episode. That's fine. I, I watch Game of Thrones. This, oh, is, this, right. is, this, is, this will not be. This will be nothing to me if you can't. You know, and I love Game of Thrones, so yeah. boobies are not are nothing. I'm like, oh, they're they're there. No okay. big deal. But it's it's only it, the funny thing is it was only like the one time, and then it never happened again. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe they realize like I don't think this is our sort of pe- This is our sort of demographic. We do. I think they want more of the sigh and the fi, not, yeah. not the boobies. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but that's, I think that's awesome. So, yeah. I don't know, like, when I was rewatching this movie again, I, part of me just got, like, a child, like, the, like, the teenager I was when I first watched this movie. It was just, like, so excited and just really happy. Like, even though I must have seen this, I've seen this movie at least, definitely double digits, probably, I want to say definitely 20 times, if not more. Wow. And yeah, it just, this is just one of those movies that you could, it can just be playing in the background and while you're doing something else like cleaning or, um, just going through stuff and you can just have it on the background and not be bored with it. And for, I mean, while this movie, it's like nothing like, you know, award winning or like groundbreaking in regards to like storyline or anything like that. It's, I feel, still think it's just a well-made movie and well, I think the pacing is fine. The acting is great. And there's like no certain parts of the movie that just like take me out of it and just makes me just continue to watch it and not and not get bored. So. I I totally agree with you. When the movie came out, did you see it in, in theaters? No, I no? didn't. Okay. I think I saw it when I, like on DVD or whatever VHS, whatever it came out on. I don't even remember when Blu-rays came out. That's just it's just something that's always there now to me. Yeah. Um, well, I saw it when it came out. And you know, by '94, we'd been we'd been burned enough times by stuff like this uh, to be cautious. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was also single, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, when you're when you're when you're single with no kids or anything, you go you can watch you'll you'll go to the movies a lot more than you know yeah. than I can now. Uh, so I was like, yeah, what the hell? It's a you know sci-fi show. I'm not doing anything else, and so mm-hmm. you know we went, and I know it got a lot of flack. Um, I know that the, uh, there there is a general negative feeling towards the movie, but I don't I don't think it deserves it. I I, I don't know this negative flack towards it because for me it's good stuff, and it's like I mean I'm looking right now IMDb seven point zero out of ten. Hmm. I don't know what it is on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I can look that up real quick. So I mean, what sort of negative stuff did it get? I'm, I'm I, curious. I just I I don't know like specifically. Uh, I just know you know because you know it was so long ago. Uh, I know, like in my circle of friends, they were all like, eh, "You're not gonna go in there and and find a, a a magic twist in the middle, or or be surprised by anything you see." Uh, but it is a really well done space opera. Yeah, and okay, like and okay, so Rotten Tomatoes, forty eight percent from critics, but seventy four percent audience liked it. So the, off, I mean, yeah. yes, like the, there's nothing. You're not gonna get any awards from this movie, like no Oscars or whatever. But I don't. See, my thing is, what movies were coming around during that time? I And, like, what other sci-fi movies were before and then after that in regards to that sort of stuff? I don't, I, I probably should have looked this up before we recorded, so I can do a quick <laughs> search. But I, I, I don't think that um, there's anything necessarily like this, perhaps. Maybe some stuff before, but I don't know. I just, I don't think, okay, okay, so let's see. Uh, Star Trek Generations came out in 94. Mary Ugh. Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, no Escape, Time Cop, Street Fighter, Death Machine, ob- not the, some Oblivion movie. I don't even know. That looks weird. Okay, everything. Yeah, I'm, I put up sci- Science Fiction 1994, 
and they're oh it's pretty bad like yeah. those are the, those are the only good titles it just went downhill from there and prior to that in 1993 you have Jurassic Park Demolition Man Fire in the Sky Mario Brothers Nemesis Body Snatchers Robocop 3 Carnosaur <laughs> it gets worse <laughs> as you get down the list okay yeah. then 95 you got um 12 Monkeys that's a good movie Strange yeah. Days great movie Ghost in the Shell Waterworld Species Johnny Mnemonic Judge Dredd, Outbreak, Virtuosity. So, I mean, there's nothing really, uh, I don't think necessarily of that same ilk. Yeah, yeah. That came out around that time. So I don't, that's kind of weird that people are like, eh. Because for me, I'm like, this is cool. But like I, like I said before, this was the time when I was in middle school, going into high school, and I fell in love with Egyptian and Greek mythology. I was like, man, this stuff is so cool. Like, these people believe in these things. And it was just, it was just awesome. And then when you, when you come out with a movie with some Egypt, Egyptian mythology and then sci-fi, you mix them together, wonderful things happen. So. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed the film. And this, this also came out at kind of the peak of my, my movie snobbery. You know, I, I even, at, at the time, you know, you're talking about Star Trek Generations, <laughs> and and you know, it, I'm I am a dyed in the wool Star Trek fan, but boy, Generations was rough, and uh, uh, I I really enjoyed this. I I wouldn't say that it was that that it blew me away, mm-hmm. but I think because I was expecting it to be terrible, and it was it was instead quite good. Uh, I was very impressed with it. I, I, you know, I came out of the theater. I told all of my friends, I was like, go see it. It's, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to knock your socks off, but you're not going to be angry either. It's a, it's a fun popcorn movie. And now after rewatching it, I think actually I, I was being, I was under, underrating it a lot. I I think it's a much better film than even I was giving it credit for. And see, I tried watching it again with trying to be like super critical, like okay, like well, not too critical, but at the same time, I was like, okay, I need to find something somewhat that may not be good. But I just like the stuff that you know some people today would be fine, like oh, this is dumb. I, I don't see that's not that big of a deal to me. It's forgivable in regards to what the overall storyline is. I was like actually thinking about this on my way home, and I'm like, I don't think this movie necessarily passes the Bechdel test, but at the same time, it doesn't matter because. I don't think there's really even a scene with or two women are talking to each other necessarily. I think only in the beginning with um, the older lady talking to the other archaeologist scientist lady at the base, but they barely talked and they didn't really talk about any guy. Yeah. They were talking about mostly about the science and the Stargate and things that were happening. So in the same time, it's like, I don't necessarily think this movie, the whole Bechdel test, it didn't, it didn't matter. It wasn't, that was not the thing. And of the only thing that was possibly sexist in this movie was the whole um, Shayori basically getting married off to James Spader's character. That's the only thing, but at the same time, I, that didn't really matter. That was like that was part of the culture. Yeah, it so fit. It, 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 it didn't it feel. Fit. Yeah. And at the same time, he didn't take advantage of her, so it it kind of negated that. So there's like I was like, there's no, I didn't I didn't feel any sexist stuff here. I was like, no, it it wasn't it wasn't that a thing. It was just. This is a story, and that's what it is. Yeah, so. and and by the end of the film, she's you know right up front with the machine gun. So it was, uh, it yeah. 
and I think it worked really well along those lines. And once we get into the uh, the series, they add a character who I think you'll really like. I hope you really like. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, uh, Amanda Tapping as as uh, as Captain Samantha Carter. Uh, okay, I, I think I might have seen pictures of her, mm-hmm. so I will probably, um, yeah, when I see her, I'll probably be like, okay, this is who this is, so, yeah, sounds promising. Yeah. Now, I will say that at the beginning of the movie, uh, he uh, Emmerich did crib a lot from Indiana Jones, uh, with the, the scenes in the desert, and the, oh, yeah. the, you know, not, I mean, yes, it, it takes, you know, it's an archaeological, archaeological dig in the desert. So there's only so much variety you can do in that, but I think a lot of his camera angles and color choices and stuff really mirrored Indiana Jones, but it, it, it could be forgiven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is it's so hard to do any sort of archeological, archeological type thing and not think Indiana Jones. It's just, it's impossible. It's like doing some sort of space movie and not think about star Wars or star Trek. It's, yeah. you, it's, it's always going to be there to compare it to, but yeah, like all that stuff, it just, the stuff in the beginning, it just helped establish something. It established the, the, the old lady that's, who's a little girl, and mm-hmm. it just establishes that, hey, they found something in 1928 in Giza, and this, this thing that they, no one's seen before, and it's, they found the Stargate. Like, what is this? This doesn't seem right compared to, you know, yeah. technology of that time. And, and that, that was another thing I, I, I hadn't caught before was, you know, they find this, thousands year old relic in the sand what's the first thing they do is wrap it in ropes and haul it upright <laughs> yeah that's probably not the safest thing they probably didn't realize it. they probably, they probably were, should, they should have thought like maybe this is fragile and we should like you know slowly but surely try to figure out how to transport it to a area that's safe but again yeah. it's you know the most any of the criticisms i have of this movie are of that level just you know kind of silly little nitpicky stuff because i was like i've got to take some notes for the for the podcast yeah and it's funny i've got a lot of notes from the beginning of the movie and then once the action picks up i've got like nothing <laughs> because yeah, i'm just so busy and watching and that's the funny thing too because like i really try and i remember when i did this for um greatest movie ever i think the only thing i truly nitpicked about was towards the end with the nuclear bomb but and kurt russell's might frame of mind at the time but it wasn't i mean it just it was just built suspense that's all it was was for suspense but yeah it was neither here nor there well it's, it's like the, I, I one of my notes from the towards the end is that's a long ass minute 35 <laughs> <laughs> see i didn't even notice that i was just like man we got we got drama we got suspense Let's, let's go. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like, is the bomb going to go off? Are they going to get to the bomb in time? And it's just a ride that like, you can just enjoy, sit back, relax, and enjoy it for what it is and not, and just be entertained and be happy. Now, one thing I want, I want to check, because it just occurred to me, I should have looked, I should have looked this up too, before we got started. Um, Kurt Russell to you has always been an action star, hasn't he? Yes, always. Other than Captain Ron. Only time I haven't seen him as an action star was Overboard and Captain Ron. But okay, for the most but part those are still those are still grown up movies. Yes. Um, when I was a kid, Kurt Russell was in just about every Disney live action film you could imagine. And so it wasn't until like nineteen eighty one when he did Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Uh when he, he was making a, a conscious effort to get away from that that squeaky clean uh Disney guy kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I was kind of used to him as Snake Plissken and, and as, uh, um, Jack Burton. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the role he the the role the, the performance he gave in Stargate was was phenomenal. You know, it could have been very flat and very uh, two dimensional, mm-hmm. and I, I suppose in some ways it is until you get to the bits where like Scar is messing with his his uh, his, his, uh, his rifle and yeah. the lighter and and you know the moments when he starts turning and he's more than just the the the, the hard ass jughead or jarhead mm-hmm. rather yeah yeah no totally i think yeah i think he did great as his role he he knows how how to play a soldier and uh, obviously with some issues and i think that whole part where he where they're in the cave after the initial rebellion uh, when they got rescued from raw and company that whole like you know take these guns away from them and like it's it's futile and talking to I don't know, he just seems so like everything was just no good and everything's gone to hell and I don't know, he seemed very not, I don't I wouldn't say desperate, but just he just wanted to give up on everything. Yeah, he had way. nothing left to lose. Yeah. Um yeah, I had forgotten that they showed his wife at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, see that one one thing that they do change in the series and I need I, I'm looking forward to, to the rewatch uh, to pay attention to this detail because there's kind of a, a, a running joke in the series that even though uh, Richard Dean Anderson is playing Jack O'Neill, mm-hmm. he's not that Jack O'Neill. Oh, really? It's like, it's a different spelling, but I haven't, I mentioned that to my wife and she's like, no, that was just a joke. But I think that that's, I think that they were, they're trying to say, this is Colonel Jack O'Neill, but it's not the same Colonel Jack O'Neill. That's weird. Because there, there, there are there are a little bit. Of, there are some differences between the movie Jack O'Neill and the TV show. Uh, both, both had their kid kill himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no wife in in uh, in the TV show. Huh. So I don't I don't know if she left him, you know, in the interim or or I, I forget if they even deal with it. Yeah. Um, but eh, uh, it's not that big of a deal to me. She really she was just there. I think that's the thing about this movie is it's it's a string of of science fiction cliches and and at the beginning military cliches you got you know the asshole general you've got the 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 stoic hardly talking guy who's going to do you know going to follow orders and kill everybody if he has to um, you know but it all fits the story require you know it, it just because something's a cliche doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. If yeah, it's done exactly. well. Yeah, and the thing is, yeah, James Spader did the perfect nerd dweeb oh, science yeah. guy who was like, you know, he has allergies. He's just kind of, he's just kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say whimsical, he, but he's very, he easily gets distracted into his own thing. You can, you can tell that he's that kind of a person that if he saw something interesting that really got to him, he would pretty much ignore everything and just be concentrated on that. And he just, he does. He loves what he does, and just he's. I I don't know. He's very. I wouldn't say he's not self-deprecating, but he's just a. He just tries to like find a little humor in everything, I guess, with making jokes here and there that aren't really funny. But yeah, he just he just laughs about it. So yeah, but yeah. He he played it. He James Bayer did a really good job, which, which is amazing Jackson. considering he didn't really, and he he thought the movie was garbage. He thought the, the script was crap. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I, di- I didn't know that. That makes me kind of sad when he sees it because I still, because I, I really love James Spader in that movie. Well, he's let, let me see. I, I I printed up some of the the, the trivia from uh, from IMDb, mm-hmm. and um, what is his quote? 
he admitted that he did the film for money as he found the script to be awful. Uh, his quote is, acting for me is a passion, but it's also a job, and I've always approached it as such. I have certain manual. I have a certain manual laborist view of acting. There's no shame in taking a film because you need some fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. And, but... <laughs> and then I read later on that that he was saying he also said that the script was so bad that it intrigued him. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of like this is this is such shit. I've just got to do it for the laughs, kind of sort sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and another awesome performance granted you know he didn't really have to do much was was jay davidson who played raw yeah and like he was like he wasn't digging it either he didn't want to be there either well that's what i heard and like wasn't isn't that like his only movie that movie and the crying game yeah this this broke him he was like fuck this i'm done (laughs) that's hilarious well it looks like he did a few other things like a tv movie and a short but yeah yeah i think that's kind of funny that that stargate basically broke him like a movie that we love so much made these two really good actors they are like uh well what the I, hell D- davison is apparently he's he's a uh, in in the fashion design industry now oh, okay. uh so he, the the acting thing he was never comfortable with the with the attention he got after the crying game mm. uh and then <laughs> the best story of him from from stargate is he hated his costume so much that after the final shot was over he just stripped off naked there on the set and stormed off to his trailer <laughs> wow people are weird yeah they they also said that uh he, he has uh nipple piercings and ah. uh if you if you look up pictures of him he's got pretty pretty sizable nipple rings that he likes to wear and he refused to take them off so they had to they had to costume around them huh I'm, yeah I, I don't i don't want to look at that up i'm good, <laughs> I'm good. He, he's awful pretty i gotta i gotta say that yeah so. I, I remember watching the crying game when i was younger i actually only watched the crying game because of Stargate. And yeah, that was that probably wasn't the best movie for me to watch when I was around that age. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched it again. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I you know, I I know the twist because you know, everybody does, but uh yeah, I've never I never watched it, but I I looked up some some images of them just as in show prep and I was like, um Oh wow! They they show okay. Well, never mind then. I guess. There you go. Yeah, that was like back in the day when like that stuff was like huge. Like oh my god, they did that. Now it's just like eh. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. What's I mean? If you've seen Spartacus, a TV series, you you've seen the. It, it's it's a it's a daily occurrence. Oh really? Pretty much. So, we're, yeah. we're we're talking about penises here, folks. If, uh, if yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, just like I, movies. I, you know I. When uh, um, Watchmen came out, okay. uh, we we talked a bit about on, on, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, how everybody was freaking out about Doctor Manhattan's schlong. I'm like, it, yeah, way. <laughs> You've been, you know, naked women on screen. Nobody says a word. Horrible mm-hmm. graphic violence. Nobody says a word. You put one willy on there, and everyone loses their freaking mind. I'm like, yeah, pe- penis just should be a common thing like boobies. It's not that big of a deal. It's a, it's an appendage of a body. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just there. You know, sometimes some are nice to look at. Some they're all right. Some you're not, you're not really in the mood to see it. Yeah, it's, it's just there. Oh, and and God forbid it be interested in anything. Then you know you get the NC-17 or the X. And uh, oh gosh, yes, uh, but that's But yeah, but you know, just. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the movie. Wow, we went off to a different, whole different tangent. Yeah, uh, but now, um, what would you say was like one of your favorite like parts of the movie? I mean, 
It's hard for me to think of one necessarily. I just, I loved everything. Of I, it. I want a Skeksis horse. You want a what? Have you ever seen uh, the Dark Crystal? No. Oh, is it, is, okay. it, is, it, is it basically that, that animal thing? That, that, that... It, it, the Skeksis were the they were the bad guys in the Dark Crystal. They were they looked okay. more more vulturey, but yeah, the the, the same basic face, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I like those critters. They were cool. I I don't know. I don't think I have a particularly favorite scene. Oh well, you know the scene where 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 uh, Shaori is showing Daniel the the, the hieroglyphs. Yes, and that's teaching cool. Him how to speak that. Yeah, because like that's how they learned to talk to each other and then that's how you got to find the history and like the story behind it and like and you made you wonder like is this the real thing is it aliens mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well i i love the concept of knowing a language but n- having never heard it so not understanding not knowing the pronunciation you know they've been talking to him in a language he knows ever since they got there but since he's never seen it other than written he didn't know he knew it until she showed mm-hmm. it to him. Yeah, that yeah, that stuff is pretty cool. And just I don't know that. I don't know, I, I mean hieroglyphs are pretty cool. I mean it's kind of interesting how a how a whole language evolved from something like pictures for us. It's all like scribbles and stuff. But mm. and I guess when you think about it, a lot of language starts from images and like kanji in the Japanese or Chinese language. They actually used to, actually stood for images and stuff. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. Just hearing how it all it all came together and just figuring out the how it all began with an alien but mm-hmm. that's fine aliens are cool but i don't know for me it's yeah it's so hard i can't necessarily think of one exact scene that was my favorite but i can definitely say that this movie is um it's it's a quote fest for me because like i memorize this movie all the time and i was like it's got a harness it's domesticated <laughs> <laughs> and just like just all these things like all these stupid lines that you can just remember like um they want us to go with them how do you know that <laughs> because went they, like he because <laughs> they want us to go with them. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I don't, I'm like why is it yeah james Bader's lines are actually i find to be the the funniest or like the whole part with the chicken thing like <laughs> <tastes warm. laughs> like when i was watching that i actually was mimicking the chicken and doing ex- Pretty much word for word and, and even tone. I was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I was like, that's just, it's hilarious for me. But, um, I think another thing I really, truly love, um, about this movie and is the soundtrack. And I mentioned this before yeah. on Greatest Movie Ever, but the soundtrack is done by, I want to say David Arnold. And for me, for the, it's also, it's kind of like a John Williams thing, like the, the whole soundtrack. Actually, I listened to the whole soundtrack today at work while I was working. And I was just like, mm-hmm. It's like it has a very catchy tune with the violins and the melody and exactly and the, and the fast parts too and then and it has like this nice the nice um, slow melody with the romance and just when you hear it it's just like wow like you can definitely get pumped to it but at the same time it's just it's fun to listen to and definitely I think memorable in my opinion like the Star Wars uh, soundtracks is it Ernest Jones but mm-hmm. you know it's not of that level because Stargate, I guess, you know, in regards to movies, it never, you know, was a trilogy or anything like that, but Not it was a TV yet. series. I, uh, I know <laughs> I heard, I just read it. So let, let, let's, should we talk about that? Uh, well, let me, uh, be, before we do, let me just tell you, you'll be glad to know that, uh, when they moved it to TV, they, they kept the music. Oh, yes. the, the, the theme is the theme. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty cool. 
Very awesome. Okay, yeah, let's let's talk about what's about to happen. Um, so yeah, I ahead. just read on the on the wiki page stargate.wikia.com that I think apparently on May 29, 2014, Warner Brothers and MGM announced the plans to reboot the franchise in the form of a new feature film trilogy done by Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin. While that's cool that the same creators are doing it, I, I, I'm okay with this movie not being rebooted. It doesn't need to be rebooted. Well, according to Devlin, supposedly they had wanted to do three films to, at the begin, to, to begin with. Mm-hmm. And the movie did not perform well enough at the box office, and the studio sold the rights to uh, whoever made the TV show. Yeah, those, those guys. And now that Emmerich and Devlin have the... Uh, have the muscle to get the rights back. They as they and and I, I have to agree with them on this. He's like, too much time has passed. We can't just do a direct sequel anymore. So mm-hmm. we've got to go back to the beginning and start over. Which <gasps> I can kind of dig that. But who would they do with it? Who would they pick? I don't know. Would, I... See, that's my thing. Too. I can't think of anyone else that. Well, uh, okay, I take that back. I know who could, who I would like to see as Dr. Dr. Jackson. JGL, John Gordon-Levitt. I would totally be okay with that. Cause he, he's, for me, he's so dreamy and he plays a good nerd. He would, yeah, I could see and that. And you know, and the funny thing is, if he was in there, it'd be kind of funny. People are like, well, Fred Stewart was in the movie too, in the first <laughs> one, and they both did Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. But that'd be kind of funny. But no. Oh, st- I, I can, was I can, so I disappointed with French Stewart. He would, it, I don't think it was his fault. But boy, was he miscast. Yeah. He just he, he's... didn't. He, yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know if I can't remember if I if it bugged me the first time through when I didn't know who he was. But all I could get all I kept seeing was his character from Third Rock trying to be macho and it just wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I, it, it, it worked out. I didn't get I knew who he was. And I'm just like, eh, like that's weird. But at the same time, it was like his character wasn't that big of a deal. So it really didn't matter. Yeah. But no. But who would who would play? play uh colonel jack o'neill i i don't know who would be given given the way things are right now they probably do something like the rock or some bullshit like that oh god no you can't have someone like that no (laughs) no one too muscly i i just oh you want someone who can play a good uh, see that's that's my worry is that back in 94 roland emmerich and dean devlin were nobody Mm -hmm. now they've got this whole string of big stupid crap <laughs> that yeah as and and definitely i don't want shedding tatum he's too young anyways yeah. to, so, to play a colonel O'Neill. think of it this way tim burton was awesome in the first quarter of his of his career mm-hmm. now he he's so drunk his own kool-aid that when i hear he's putting out a movie i'm just i used to be i want to own every tim burton movie there is and mm-hmm. then then planet of the apes and sleepy hollow were the one-two punch that was like all right i'm done huh no, that's understandable. Let me let me see. Military action stars. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I I can't think of anyone that. that see, would be... I'm I'm really bad at at the at the who should play what because I'm so out of out of who's who's out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for 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 Jack, it's got to be somebody you know, a little long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Um. But someone, I guess, I need to think of all of. Definitely not Mark Wahlberg. We do not need Mark Wahlberg. No, but he'd be he'd be the kind he'd be the that's the right area. 
Yeah, exactly. Because I just saw this image. I'm like, no, not Mark Wahlberg. No, 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 no. Yeah, I can't. And it, it couldn't be Wahlberg because it would have to be someone like Russell who's paid enough dues to know that even though you're the one of the main characters, you're going to be background most of the time. Yeah, you're you are not a main person, so a main character. You're not like the most main character. Yeah. Definitely not Bruce Willis cuz Bruce Willis is oh, whatever he plays not. it's 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 just Bruce Will- Bruce Willis playing himself in a different kind of a movie that has to be about this or this. You know, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but Tom Cruise could probably do it. I was thinking, I was just looking at a picture of Tom Cruise. I was like, yeah, that <laughs> wouldn't be too bad. But at the same time, Tom Cruise would, I think he would take away too much from it. But he's also not, he's also a good enough actor that he wouldn't mind. He, he would fade into the background if he had to. Mm-hmm. I mean, did, did you, you saw Tropic Thunder, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He did such a good. That's one of my favorite roles of his. Yeah. So, I, I, so that's. But like Robert Downey Jr., no way. He he's no. he's just too oh. too big a personality. What about the guy who is the new who is in the new Born trilogy? What Matt Damon? Also, no. no, 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 oh, not, the... not Matt. The other guy who who plays um, Hawkeye, Hawk Hawkeye or whatever in the Avengers. Oh, uh, oh, what the hell is his name? What's his name, Jeremy? Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Oh, uh, yeah, he'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah, there you go. Or, you know what? What about, uh, I haven't seen him for a while, Jamie Bamber. Jamie Bamber. He was... don't, tell, don't tell me Don't tell me who that is. I know that. Who... Jamie Bamber. Why does that sound so familiar? <gasps> yes, he would. <laughs> BSG. Oh, my God, yes. I would love to see him like that. Or the guy who played Hilo, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe uh, not. He's he's a little too much of a of a, a. He's a good lieutenant. I don't know that he'd be a good. That's commander. true. Okay. Um, so yeah, I would love to see Bamber. Is that like? That'd be interesting. Okay, I, well, we 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 have our picks: <laughs> Jamie Bamber and JGL. Now, if that were to ever happen, which is highly unlikely, it more more likely won't. But we we could dream. And then uh, then we need to get we need to get a woman in there. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have not seen, I haven't seen anything that Emmerich has done since Independent, well, since Godzilla. Okay, and I, I don't think he, but what I've seen, he's not really good at dealing with women as anything other than set dressing. Oh God, that's so true. Cause especially with, um, 2000 or no, 10,000 BC. It's just absolutely. Let, let me, let me look at his director credits in the last few of them to see what, to even think of what females were there. Now, I didn't see 10,000 BC, but it, did it fall into the same thing of that, uh, that cave people discovered armpit and leg shaving before they discovered fire? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but they also, did, it also, like I told in the other podcast, um, he basically brings his whole Stargate thing full circle with the whole pyramids and orion star uh, constellation i'm like come on man think <laughs> of something different be a little bit better yeah i i can't well, independence day yeah that didn't really have any well it had the president's wife she was pretty cool but that and who's also the pre, who was the president in bsg that's oh was she in, was she in, see i went to see independence day in at the movies i was mm-hmm. psyched i i bought the advertising hook, line, and sinker, and I was expecting a good science fiction film, and I was furious when I left that theater. <laughs> I knew exactly what it was going to be. It was going to be a summer blockbuster flick of just saying, yeah, America, <laughs> aliens, go, like, die aliens, but 
Yeah, looking at all these other titles, the Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla was such a disaster. The Patriot. They didn't really have any awesome female type yeah. leads. So yeah, he doesn't do women too well. So I wonder who could play a good Shaori. Because like the funny thing is, too, they also whitewashed. Okay, one bad thing about this movie, Stargate, is they whitewashed the main role, the main female role. Because yeah, I I noticed that this time how everybody was Middle Eastern except her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, huh, that's interesting. But I don't know, just can't really think of anyone because like a lot of girls these days. I'm like, eh. yeah, it would no. it would just it would probably be you know some some up and coming starlet who just needs to look good and and. You know, it wouldn't be a shot from behind when she goes into the into the room and takes her top off. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has at least had to ha- has to pass off a, a decent um, whatever uh, type of language that they were doing. Because I thought overall a lot of them did a good job. Oh with yeah. The, like whatever language. Because like I was like, ooh, that sounds actually authentic. I could. I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. But let me see. You know who is. Um, He's a not not a main role. He plays Kasuf, Eric Avari. He always seems to be in some sort of movie of Egypt mythology, yeah. <laughs> or he's either he's either a museum curator. He's also a museum curator for in in Leverage. Okay. He's, yeah. You know, you know him from the Mummy. You know him yeah. from Stargate and like yeah. Planet of the Apes. He he seems to just be that guy. Yeah. Well, he, he he's a, also one of the only two. Uh, actors from the movie, uh, the other one being the kid that played Skara, who mm-hmm. uh, went on to the TV show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's uh, good, good for them. That's they keep doing something, and you know that's cool to keep it keep it going. And okay, so another thing I could look forward to things I can look forward to for watching <laughs> the series. But man, yeah, I can't I can't think of anything else for like any other major roles are necessarily needed. And yeah, because because wonder... once you, once you've got O'Neill and and uh, and uh, Jackson, mm-hmm. there's there's really everybody else is kind of kind of unimportant as long as they're competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope they don't do too much with Raw's character, showing him to be more sinister or anything. I thought they, they did enough with the with the you know the bad guy. We didn't need to know anything more, yeah, or see any sort of development with him. We just basically knew that this guy, he was like he was a parasite. He took over a human body. And he just wants to rule people, and that's that's all you need to know. But knowing with probably with the new movie, they're gonna probably just do something even. Oh, I hope they don't Michael Bay it. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I, I, oh uh... god. Because okay. the thing is, movies, movies now, and and I hate to I hate to 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 echo the you know kind of the the angry hipster independent filmmaker mantra, but. It's true, you know the the big blockbuster films. There's so much money involved that taking risks is almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. And so they'll they'll play it safe. They'll play it big. They'll play it dumb. And what charm this film had for not doing any of those things, even though the, it was it was you know a by the numbers kind of movie, it was done so well and with so much heart that it became awesome. That's why I'm I'm dreading the the short circuit remake. Because that film should not have worked. What? What? You didn't know they're remaking Short Circuit? No, I'm I'm not paying attention to all any of that stuff. Like any movie that comes out recently, I'm like, they made this into a movie. That's how I am now. Because I don't my radar unless it like you're like a big blockbuster Marvel thing or Mm -hmm. like Catching Fire, the type Hunger Games type stuff, or Pixar. You are not on my radar. Yeah. Everything. Everything else. I'm like, huh? That, That they're making that into a movie. That's. 
Amazing. And the, you know what? I My mindset has completely changed from my teens and 20s because around that time, I watched anything and everything in the yeah. movie theater. I was in the movie theater like twice a week, maybe more, watching every movie and thinking like, this is the best movie. All these movies are great. But then when you think about it, no, a lot of those movies were complete shit. <laughs> yeah. poop, complete poop. And now I realize that. And now I'm spending a lot less time in the theaters than I used to. And I'm okay with that because... I only want I only want good stuff. I only want the cream of the crop for yeah. the most part. Oh, I I totally agree with you. I mean, we we kind of have no choice because we've got kids. So mm-hmm. going to the movies is more than just you know. Fortunately, because of my wife's really weird ass work schedule, I can occasionally just sort of slip out of work on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, and Tuesday matinees are the best because there's nobody there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's 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 great. Yeah. Oh. Um, but you know, for us to go to the movies like at normal human times. Mm-hmm. It it's a major it's a major undertaking for time for getting somebody to watch the kids you know and so and then you know there's the the, the ticket prices have gone through the roof and and all of that stuff so it's mm-hmm. you know it's a hundred bucks for us to go to a movie yeah and I can totally understand that and that's just it is amazing but at the same time for me when I go to movie theater um, my boyfriend and I we are completely spoiled with um, AMC because that's like one of the bigger chains here. Mm-hmm. And we were part of their Stubbs Club, where basically whenever we order through Fandango, our fees are waived. And then there's one theater, it's about like 20 minutes away from us, and it's worth go- driving that far to. You can do reserve seating, and it's all reclining chairs. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I want a theater close to me where it does a reserve seating, reclining chairs, and children are banned from <laughs> any sort of R-rated movie period oh that would be so awesome i cannot I pay, tell you how many times i've been furious with parents who just, i would pay twenty dollars yeah. for a ticket just just to be guaranteed none of that bs yeah because it's for me to spend my money and my time to watch a movie i better not have any sort of stupid distractions of a child yeah or like just stupid noisy people to where there's an actual usher in there all the time saying hey you need to keep it down yeah and and be booting people that that that'd be worth my twenty dollars yeah seriously yeah but okay so yeah stargate yeah stargate sorry <laughs> no sorry listeners we're we're just okay we're, let, we're let in me, our rant mode let, let me ask you what you think of this note i wrote down okay nabe equals ewok that would that totally makes sense because you know i mean i would i would say meaner things not necessarily meaner things but like things are not nice necessarily just i mean he was the token like he looked like he had Down syndrome. Yeah, um, but just when he when 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 he got killed, it was it was like the the Ewok that died in Empire. Yeah, when he was like rolling around, like he was like, and we're like oh, now we're supposed to cry. And... Yeah, I didn't cry. I was like, oh, that was sad. No, this movie didn't make you cry. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's fine. I'm okay with not crying in a movie. Certain movies will make me cry, and this movie did not need to make me cry, and it delivered at that, so. Also one of the best bad guy beheadings ever in the history of film. Oh, yes, with <laughs> that transporter yeah. thing. Like, yeah, that was cool. I really liked the tech in this movie. I was like, oh, okay, that, that that's how they teleport. Mm-hmm. They use some sort of, like, um, cellular, like, some sort of portal thing, and I thought yeah. that was cool. And you know what? And, and I, I had a, I, I, I should have a dent in my forehead from this moment when I realized the rings, which are a big part of the of the, the TV show, mm-hmm. they're little stargates. The the effect of the of the beaming up and down, it's the same as the stargate effect. It didn't huh. even, it never dawned on me until I was watching it this time. And I feel like such an idiot for that. Hey, at least you caught it now. That's yeah. like 
that's just kind of something that you know those little those little those are like the little tiny things that they always add to a show or a franchise and and you realize you don't realize it until later on but then you realize like oh my god they did such a good job adding these little tiny things to make it that much better for fan service and stuff so man i kind of want to watch this movie again but um <laughs> Well, like so, we we just we both decided to watch the um the normal cut, like yeah, the, yeah. So like, there's there's an extended cut out there for those who have not seen it, and basically they just add a few extra scenes in the beginning and in the middle, right? Like from mostly in the beginning, though. Yeah, right? I you know I don't know that I've ever actually watched the extended cut. Oh really? Um, although okay. I, although I'm I, um, I'm not sure if I find on YouTube. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've got the I've got the DVD, so I'm sure it's there. Yeah, and... But they can they probably just have all the just like just the scenes that were yeah. added, and it's basically they in the beginning when they're in Giza, they discover the skeleton remains of um of like Anubis the the Anubis of of Anubis type character and I think Horus like they see those skeletons there underneath the Stargate. Yeah, and and that was in the that was in the version I watched. So maybe I watched the the extended cut unintentionally. You pro- then you probably watch the Seneca cut, and because like did it also show Jack, um, uh, Jack O'Neill and um, Colonel West, like uh, looking at those those dead things, like on in the silo in Colorado. Oh, okay, then yeah, yeah, I did. I yeah, did. that they, that was part of it too. And another part was um, where Doctor Jackson says, "Well, I can figure it out," and then Colonel O'Neill says, um, "He says he's full of sh- he's full of shit." That doesn't actually happen in the normal version. It's like. He says it's your call to General West. So oh. there's a few things here. Yeah. So okay. that that part, like the the whole scary monster part, was not at all in the original cut. So now you see that I I, I have to agree with the uh, with the uh, Gooberzilla Paul Chapman. Paul Chapman, thank you. Uh, when he said that he didn't think the 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 extras from the extended cut really did anything. No, it didn't. I, and it now makes a little bit of sense because I was looking at the at the at the uh, the wikipedia entry and it mentioned it it's got like this really weirdly truncated list of extended stuff and it mm-hmm. mentions that the the fossilized anubis guards which i found kind of like how do you, they're they're helmets how can they fossilize um mm-hmm. that was supposed to be an indication that they tried to come through the gate after it had been buried huh and i i was like oh okay that did not translate at all <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's that's weird um, so maybe that's why those scenes were taken out because the, what they were trying to convey just didn't work. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it was just kind of a thing to see like, oh, okay, there's that and that. And it, if, it, if anything, it made it, it made the film a little bit, I would say probably darker if you saw something like that in the, from the beginning of the film, it's like then you would be expecting something sinister and, or like just kind of scary. Yeah. Cause like, you know, you weren't really thinking of that at all necessarily from the normal cut because you thought like oh exploration and new worlds you didn't think of anything necessarily like scary almost like a monster type of a enemy so yeah i think i think for what they released it it it, it, it was spot on yeah yeah and also it's kind of hard to look at those things in retrospect knowing exactly what they are you know looking at it, it's like oh it's new it's anubis guards <laughs> and, yeah. you know instead of going ooh monsters um, yeah. I, all overall, just a, a really good, really fun movie. Uh, I I would never tell anyone not to watch this film. I would recommend it in a heartbeat. Oh yes, this is one of those. This is like one of those movies that came out in the mid '90s that was basically you need to watch this movie. It was, I guess, like I would say, it's almost 
it's like one of those, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a sleeper hit. It's just one of those movies that came out that was probably not as known or heard of. And it ended up being really good when you watched it. Um, If you didn't watch it theater, when you watched it on DVD or VHS when it came out in video. I, w- I would say something almost similar to the lines of The Fifth Element. Because like, that came out like two or three years later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those sci-fi type movies that was just overlooked. So I would say for anyone who really wants to watch something sci-fi or fantasy, this kind of, it kind of brings it both together in a way. And it just fills that nice little, that little spot up. And it's very enjoyable. I don't think as long as you don't expect like high quality story acting, but even though there was high quality acting in my opinion. Yeah. It it, it was still, it still, it delivers. Absolutely. I, I think this film is highly underrated. Um, you know, it could have been, it could have been a nightmare, but it just, there is so much heart in it and there is so little arrogance in it, in the making of it from anybody. I think that, uh, I think that's so funny that you say that. Cause when we talk about both the two most, one of the two, the two actors that are known for do- doing well and acting like, like known for better acting roles, like James Spader and Jay Davidson, they, they didn't really care about this movie yet. They still did a decent job at it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a, you know, well, Okay. Davison, he didn't really have to do much. Yeah. <laughs> he just had to kind of look look sulky and 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 say some lines that got heavily altered like, with ele- you know electronically altered and stuff. So he could have been doing mm-hmm. a shitty job, and we'd never know it. That's true. Um, but yeah, Spader was awesome, uh, and I think that's that's a, a, a testament to his professionalism as an actor that he could be doing. And and you know what, this is a little bit of a tangent, and I know we're, we we need to wrap this up, but that's okay. <laughs> I you know I've been. You know, I've been in the in the entertainment biz for a long time, and I think that the the number the the percentages of shows I've liked that I've worked on versus the ones that I thought were crap, it, it's it's I don't I don't think it's much it, it's it's maybe sixty forty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And the thing is, whether you like the material you're working on or not, it you've got a job to do. And as an actor, your job is to give the best performance you can, regardless of the material you're working with. And, you know, I think that it's a, a really interesting testament to Spader that he could do as good a job in something that he thought was crap. That's true. That is. That is a bit of a something to think about that. Because, like, like we stated before, this is something, this is like one of those movies that you can just always put on and not necessarily get bored with and just enjoy it. It's... I, I always I always think it's entertaining. It doesn't doesn't get old for me. So, well, like I said, I was watching it uh, with my wife, uh, and it's it's one of the you know one of the kind of movies that we could watch together, which was nice uh, because we're we're both nerds, but in very different ways. You know, I'm the sci-fi nerd, and she's the fantasy fairy tale nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie was a, a wonderful blending of the both, and we could both exactly. enjoy it. Uh, and I, you know, I started off, I, you know, I had my notebook on my lap and I was all set to take notes and then suddenly the movie was over and I was just totally into it. <laughs> exactly. You just, you just, you just get into it and like, oh, it's, it's done. Like, that was good. Yeah. I want more. <laughs> there is more. There is more. There's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Indeed. Now folks, we're going to try to keep this show on a, a couple of episodes a month level. Uh, and so in a couple of weeks... Uh, depending on how long it takes to get this one out. Well, yeah, a couple of weeks from when this comes out, uh, we will be going to episodes one and two. It's a two-parter. Uh, mm-hmm. Children of the Gods. And this is where we will meet the new Jack O'Neill and the new 
uh, Daniel Jackson and mm-hmm. Captain Carter and uh, all the rest of the gang. And I think that I think that hopefully uh, you're in for a good time, Ro. I think you're going to enjoy. I this. think it is. I'm I'm very excited for it, and it's just I needed I need to. C- consume something new that I haven't watched because I've been basically consuming same stuff over and over again because I don't feel like paying attention to it half the time because I'm I'm knitting something or mm-hmm. doing something else. So I actually, I want to take some time out to to uh, watch something new, think about it, and you know, put some thought into it, even though I just watched all the House of Cards season 3, but that's that's neither here or there. That's something completely <laughs> different, and House of Cards deserves its own with it. But no, for those who are listening, just in case... This, the show is not on Netflix. However, if you do have Amazon Prime, it is on Amazon Prime Streaming. So you can definitely watch the show there, if not buy it. But thank you, Amazon Prime, for still having this, because I didn't feel like having to take a little bit more more effort than a few <laughs> clicks to find this show. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I think we're going we're gonna to call it a night, folks. I would like to suggest... Uh, that you all go over to uh, simplysyndicated.com and check out all the other really great stuff we've got over there. Uh, yeah. You know, shows like uh, Atomic Trivia War 9000. Which... Nah, that's a, that show totally sucks. <laughs> those people, those contestants, so stupid. Even the host. That host is a jerk. He is a bit of a dick. But, some, yeah. some, some asshole named Jason. He's such a jerk. You know, I, I got to tell you, though, uh, I, I have so many podcasts like on my player that I just don't have time to listen to. But when a new ATW 9K comes out, it goes right to the top. Oh, thank you. Um, that, that's so nice. I, I've loved this show since day one, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. I can't can't recommend it highly enough. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, you can also go to SoundCloud.com, and is there like a certain link for Simply Syndicated with SoundCloud? You can look up Simply, Simply Syndicated on SoundCloud and listen to all the shows there. There's also the um, subscription Simply so everything, be, simply everything. So you can listen to all older, all the all older shows that they've released. Like so many years of shows, like movies you, you should see. Um, what are some other shows? Yeah, um, make it so the Star Trek mm-hmm. podcast that got a lot of people, myself included, into the podcasting. Uh, mm-hmm. Nerd hurdles, Masters of None, White Star mm-hmm. Five, World One, Stage One, the uh, the video game show that has made a very triumphant return in the last few uh, months. Uh, oh, cool. Yep. Tech it or leave it. For those about to rock, which is the most consistent show on the network. Uh, do Ask, Do Tell, which is all about LGBTQ, MFLM, GRLLPQ issues. EFG. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and, you know, they're, they're for, for at least one more, one or two more shows, there's this little thing called uh, Starbase 66 that uh, yeah. is, is going to be around for a little bit longer. We finally figured out when, when the last show is going to be. I'll be announcing Aww. the date of that soon. End of era. But I've decided that I'm going to start uploading uh, our our old shows because uh, like the first few, a lot of our first shows never were on Simply Syndicated uh, back be- back in the old days before oh. <laughs> before we joined the Federation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff, a lot of Simply Syndicated, or a lot of uh, Starbase stuff that folks haven't heard yet. So very cool. I'm going to be putting up. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff over at Simply Syndicated. Check it out, folks. Uh, we've been really busy over there, and I think there's a lot. There's pretty much something for everybody there. Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. Let us know what you think about the show. Well, let us know if you want to talk about certain things. Um, you can tweet at Rosaka M to or uh, tweet at the Admiral at 
ADM Marius and let us know what you think. Yeah, or if you want to email us, we don't have a show email just yet, but uh, if you want to send any comments to uh, Starbase66, that's the, the number 66 at uh, gmail.com. Uh, that would work. I would say check the HTML9K email, but don't. It all goes to Jason, and he doesn't read it anyway. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for ta- for tuning in, Ro. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for letting me be part of this. This is great. Oh, this is going to be fun. I'm really, really psyched about it. So, thank you, folks, for for listening, and we will see you again really, really soon. Uh, bye, bye. Good night. <laughs>